So let's jump over to another book, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Look at this amazing path. And this is just, you're going to go, David, are we seeing the same point in every book of the Bible? You got it. And the Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself, a special people. Okay, definitely Israel is special. He has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, you'll be this special people. But look at this. Israel, don't miss this. And we can't miss it. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and that they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground. You know what God is saying? I'm going to bless the socks off you, Israel. (laughs) The whole world is going to hear about this amazing blessing. And in the Old Testament, it was this physical blessing. Mm. You see what he's saying? He's saying in your womb, in their livestock, in your, their crops were going to be amazing. And the whole world was going to be like, have you heard about this people? These, these people of Israel, what is going on there? What's their secret? We need to go get their recipes for success. And Israel was supposed to go, not us. It's not about us. It's about our God, Yahweh. And he's right there in the tabernacle. And you see the glory. That's what they were supposed to do. The people of the earth were supposed to come and see. So if you want to know what missions is in the Old Testament, it's God blessing a people, putting them so much up on a hill, in a sense, that the whole world was going to hear about them, come and go, what's your secret? It's not us. We're, we're nobody. Yeah. We're small. We're actually a stubborn, stiff-necked people. Read about us. <laughs> But our God is amazing. Our God is redeeming. And join us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that's Deuteronomy. Blessed to be a blessing. All right. If we go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, which is a few chapters back from this, but Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 19, what you see here is another command similar to what we saw in Leviticus, in case you're just <clears> thinking that, you know, we cherry-picked that one and made something out of it that it's not. No, it's all over the Bible. Deuteronomy 10 says this, love the sojourner, therefore. Look at this. For you were sojourners in Egypt. You know, the question is, why do we see commands like this in the Bible? And the reason, you know, a lot of people ask today, you know, who is it that cares for the vulnerable? Who is it that speaks for the voiceless? Who is it that has a heart for the fatherless? Who is it that is to care for the refugees that are among us? And the reality is, God cares. And as the people of God, we ought to care. He says, don't you understand this is who I've called you to be? The world is to know me by knowing you. I'm blessing you that you might see the vulnerable, that you might speak for the voiceless, that you might hear the fatherless, that you might care for the refugee. Because don't you see that this was you before me? Don't you understand that like you were without a family until I adopted you in, like you were vulnerable and voiceless until I came and, and, and advocated for you. I came and worked mightily in your behalf. Don't you see that this was you? And if you can connect the gospel reality into our own lives, then you can understand part of extending gospel reality is caring about those in these categories. And he says, don't you ever become so selfish, so small-minded, so ethnocentric that you forget about who I am and what I've done for you. I want you to live to extend it so that all people, not just your own people, but Mm. all people might know who I am. Yeah. 
So it's all over, David. It is. And we're going to jump to another book. You ready? Let's go to Joshua. Um, this is another Joshua, one. Joshua, did he fight? There's an old song I used to sing. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Well, we're in Jericho, Jericho. here, Barrett. Here it is. And this is a really fun passage. Stay with us here. Because you're going to see it's working. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of Rahab, and they lodged there. She came up to them on the roof and said to these men, look at this, I know that the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh, okay, has given you the land. We already know. We're busted. We're done. Look at this. And that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Next slide. We're going to keep reading this. This is a longer passage. For we have heard. So listen, guys, no internet, no newspapers, what? no social media. How did, they, how did they talk to each other? They talked, Barrett. They actually just did a lot of talking. I don't even know how you would have a friend if you didn't have Facebook. <laughs> and we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. Remember when God said, I'm going to do these miracles so that the whole world may know? Look at this. Have you ever seen this passage? This is at work. And, and let me tell you, Jericho and Egypt are far away. But we've already heard it. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, we've already heard it. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. Oh my goodness. Who are these people? And she didn't just say, you guys have an amazing military strategy. She's, basically, she's saying, <laughs> we know what your God has done. Yeah. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, we've got a God here, and we've just had to build big walls, and that's all we've got. He is God in the heavens above and on earth beneath. So yeah. it's working, Barrett. Yeah. So Rahab, not even an Israelite, right. is hearing and believing and joining. And that's what God said. I want all the nations to hear, and they've heard. You know what's really cool I just thought about? Mm -hmm. Matthew 1, this was not in our notes, but Matthew 1, guess who is in the genealogy of Jesus? Rahab. Rahab. A non-Israelite in the genealogy of our Savior Jesus. And is it not to show that God's heart is for more than just Israel? It's for all? It's all in I, there. I believe it's part it's of it. It's all in there. It's part of it. All right, 1 right. Samuel. We've got to move on. Book. A story many of you probably never, ever heard about. Uh, David and Goliath. It's a very obscure little story in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. Most of us know the story of David and Goliath, but we get it probably all wrong. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 and 46. You know the story, little young guy, just tended to the sheep. He's out there looking at this battle, and he's frustrated because his own people aren't standing up for the Lord. They're cowering in fear instead of standing forward in faith. And the story gets misinterpreted, David, because everybody wants it to be all about David. Oh, look at David, how strong. He's so full of faith. Look what he did, you know, slinging the thing. But David oh. got it. But David's like, whoa, whoa, this ain't about me. Like David's heart all through the scripture, he's known as a man after God's heart. But at the very beginning of his introduction, really, into uh, a, a big role in the, in, the, in the scripture here, David said to the Philistine, you come with me to sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. Then he says this, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, okay? I'm going to experience blessing. The people of Israel will experience blessing today in that God will defend us and protect us, and he's going to get rid of you, 
But do you see the purpose of the blessing? Do you see that David understands, even before it happens, God's going to bless so that, look at what he says, all of the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. In other words, I get it that I'm going to experience blessing that that we might be a blessing, that the nations may hear of this and come to know that there is a God who works with great power for those who believe. So even here in stories like this, you've got to see God's heart, not just for Israel, but also for the nations. And, and, and out there in that beautiful. field, it's as if David's the only one that said, y'all think this is just a local battle today. David is kind of going, guys, we're doing something global here yeah. so that the whole world may know. Yeah. So we're going to jump makes over. you wonder, like in our moments... Um, so all of this is scripture, right? Old scripture. But you've got to connect it to today. Do you see moments like this in your life where you're praying big prayers for God's mighty victory in your life? Do you pray those prayers so that God might be able to be seen through your life as who he is and that that blessing might extend to more than just yourself but to all people that they might know he is God? Amen. In these big moments of faith, do we connect God's heart? We're blessed to be a blessing. And just so we can see this in every book, some people think we're just cherry-picking books. Let's jump over to 1 Kings. And in this one, this is Solomon at the temple. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to him. This is God working our hearts to incline our hearts to you, to walk in all your ways, and to keep your commandments. And he could have finished this so that we will be the most amazing people on the earth, so that we'll always be blessed, so our stock will always be high. And he says, no, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord, Yahweh, is God, capital G, and that there is no other. And this is basically Solomon saying, Lord, bless us so that all the world. So he got it. Yeah. David passed that on to Solomon. And if you look at chapter 10 of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 23 and 24, we know King Solomon was a, a king who was known for his wisdom. It says King Solomon, Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom, right? He was blessed, no doubt about it. But look at this. And the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. It's working. It's working. <laughs> like, God is doing something, yes, with Solomon, with Israel, but he's bringing them to a point that they can turn around and be a blessing to all nations. Even here, we see the nations. God's bringing the nations to them that they might experience something of who God is and have the opportunity themselves to have a relationship with him. So, um, you know, Solomon he got was it. not to boast. No. His opportunity was not to just be like, hey, you know, it's all me. This is so great. I'm so rich. I'm so powerful. I'm so wise. But rather, <laughs> I don't think that's how I talked, but um, to point people to God. And I wonder with the blessings that we have, with the skills that we have, many of us have been blessed with so much. I wonder if we connect those things that God has done in our life, those skills that we have received or those blessings we have inherited, and we connect it with, this is not about people coming to know me as somebody great, but rather this is about me being able to showcase the glory of God among all peoples. So that was Solomon's heart. All right. Next book, Second Kings, this story is really great because now we're getting in, now that the, things aren't going well with Israel. Why aren't they getting 100% blessing? Because they weren't obeying God, but they were t- God was testing them. And here's Hezek- King Hezekiah, and he's surrounded by his enemies. Things are about to be destroyed. 
What is his perspective? You want to see one of the most amazing prayers in the Bible. You see King Hezekiah he received this letter from the hand of the messengers, and he read it. And Hezekiah, what is the first thing he did? Does the first thing you do, do you go to prayer? He went up to the house of the Lord, and he spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherub. He begins with worship. You are the God. You alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. He's starting out with worship. He doesn't start out with, oh, we are in a pickle. We need your help. He starts with worship. Next slide. And then he says, truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Once again, he's recognizing this is about worship. Yeah. This is about who God is and these local deities. So God is in a He's on a mission to show he is the big God for the work of men's hands. Not, that is not the God of Hezekiah. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand. So he's basically, he's getting down to his request. God, save us. What have we been doing throughout this pandemic? Lord, save us, heal us, restore us, okay? And there's nothing wrong with praying these things. Okay, as we pray for our city, when we pray for our country, there's nothing wrong with praying, God, heal us. But guys, there's so much to learn from what he just says here. He says, Lord, save us. But he's saying it so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. He's basically saying, Lord, is this an opportunity for you to show yourself? As we look at all the problems on the earth, as we look at the problems that are happening in our own country, do we ever back off and look at a global perspective and say, I wonder what God is doing? Mm -hmm. How is he going to get glory? Yeah. How are more people on the earth going to come to Christ? Yeah. We're like, no, there's just this crazy virus and it's out of control. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's completely under God's control. Yeah. And so it helps us as we read the news, read the newspaper, as you hear events, what's God doing? Yeah. Instead of... yeah. Oh, deliver us from this mess. Yeah. And in the epistles, you know, the New Testament, where it's repeated, you know, we're told to pray for these situations that are going on presently, but we're told to do that for the opportunity of the greatest gospel progress, that there might be peace and that the gospel might flourish because God has a heart for all people. And the same is true here. We see it. First Chronicles chapter 16, if you've got uh, the